Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to episode 291 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Gray, how are you doing? Hello, Dave. I am doing really well. How are you? I'm very, very well, thanks. So what have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, I've been watching loads, um, but some of it hasn't really been hitting my tick list. I've been watching some really bizarre things on TV that have just <laughs> hooked me. But, um, you know, and I won't talk about it on the podcast because they're definitely not on trend. Uh, <laughs> but things that I have been watching, which our listeners will still be interested in. So I'm watching Unforgotten, the finale of which airs this week. But yes. I'm going to be watching it a little bit later than when it airs brilliant twist in episode five absolutely love this program very slow paced but just a good crime thriller following cassie and sunny on a cold case and you meet all the four suspects and you're trying to work out which one is which and oh episode five <laughs> a great absolute twist and if you put that in comparison to line of duty which we're two episodes in now the pace is so different but they're just really two really good crime thrillers so yeah. uh, i'm currently watching that have you caught that on itv i haven't watched them for Gotten. I have been watching Line of Duty. Um, it, so it's frustrating with Line of Duty this year because all the others, I was very, very late to it. So I, I caught them all on like Netflix and BBC and uh, on the iPlayer and stuff. So I'm, now I'm having to wait like everybody else to watch it weekly. It's really <laughs> frustrating. But I'm, I'm really enjoying it though. Line of Duty has yeah. been great this season. I haven't caught and forgotten at all yet. No, but yeah, it's, it's a complete opposite pace. If you're it's slow, lovely, gentle, but really grabs you with its drive whereas Line of Duty total opposite end but love it mm. um, I'm still watching Big Sky I, I think I'm an episode behind at the moment I haven't watched the most recent Friday one but yeah. watched that and sort of like uh, the last thing I saw was a certain character in a hospital bed wiggling his fingers so I'm waiting for the next episode to see where that goes I'm seeing if they can carve out a procedural from this do you see what I mean so yes. the drama that's happened over so far episodes like 1 to 7 1 to 8 is the intention that has it been renewed Dave well, no we had this discussion a few weeks ago with Matt I, I don't think it's been renewed yet um, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see although it did get picked up I think for additional episodes so there's something like 16 episodes in the first run but there's a break after 9 or 10 so okay. I'm just now seeing because I feel like we're coming there yeah, we're, we're near a resolution in terms of one part of the storyline I'm mm. thinking are they going to carve out a procedural out of this 
will it work beyond this big story? But I still like it. It's a really good drama. Yeah. Uh, there are some pacing issues, but you know, it, it is for stars release on Disney plus. I think it's been a really good sort of linchpin drama. Yeah. Um, and I'm one episode away from finishing resident alien season one, which has surprised me when I started watching it back in episode one and two, I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. I like Alan Tudyk, but I'm just not liking the storyline and where it's going. But it's really turned a corner in the last couple of episodes. And it's got that real uh, sense of humor. It's yeah. got a real sort of dark drama part of it. And yeah, the last episode was really good, spilt a lot of things, changed how characters perceive each other. And so I think I've got two episodes left to finish. And that'll be the end of season one of Resident Alien. I, did you continue watching it after you, you um, watched the first episode? Yes, I have. I am a few episodes behind just because other things got in the way but so i've mm-hmm. sort of built them up at the moment so i might wait until it finishes and then just kind of yeah. binge my way through the rest of it because i do quite enjoy it it's uh it's good fun alan tudyk's incredibly watchable and he's so perfectly cast for that yeah. character uh it's also been renewed for a second season that as well so that is coming back yeah, yeah the, the humor with the the young character yeah. the boy called max is just so good and that goes throughout the whole season and it just works perfectly and it's got that nice light touch of humor so that's quite good as well yeah recently finished two programs one on netflix one on all four so the netflix drama i finished was behind her eyes everyone was talking about it everyone was dropping on social media oh my god the final episode and i watched it and i liked it up until the final episode the final episode really disappointed me maybe i should have read the book everyone was saying about how the book was really good and this was a really good honorary of the book and i didn't get the underlying storyline i'm not sure if you've read about it there's sort of an element of the storyline which doesn't really come to fruition until about episodes four or five and then it takes over episode six it becomes the whole point of the season and you're like oh i didn't see that i thought this was a nice friendly sunday night crime drama and you're gonna but i finished it i got involved in the chat on social media and spoke to some of my friends about it and a lot of them are saying the same they're just disappointed in episode six rather than being oh my god i can't believe that right so yeah it's a it's a little bit it's it's very saccharine in times of its drama and i finished the great um, season one finished airing on all four and I've caught the last couple of episodes this weekend just gone oh my god so good and I uh, you know I'm not a usual one to sit here and say I love a period drama or anything historical but because of the way it's delivered in in a very comedic quite over the top way and there's got some brilliant performances from Nicholas Holt in particular I was absolutely loving the whole premise behind it and it then sent me into Wikipedia and started yeah. reading loads on like the Russian history and no absolutely I would recommend at the moment it's going to be sitting there as one of my top series of the year you know i've definitely you know really enjoyed it i know there's a second season coming yeah. um and definitely will be interested in watching that so those are the films i've finished film of the month obviously trying to bring back a you know my resident film reviewer i know this is not mixed in the cinema so i've been really trying to find those ones that are hiding on the streaming channels and sort of share with you my thoughts so this month the march is film i'm gonna put forward i care a lot which is it's really hard to explain and if you've watched the britney spears doc 
documentary and then you go and yeah. watch this film. It's two very different stories on the conservatorship system in America. Stars Rosamund Pike, very dark. There are elements of humour. There are twists along the way, but it is a really unsatisfying ending. Just to let everybody know that oh, if dear. they want to go and watch it, it's unsatisfying, but in a really like the drama is really good. The film is really good. I'm not faulting it. But if you're going to watch a film for your typical Hollywood ending, you're not going to get it in this film. <laughs> right. So it might be worth watching if you like something that sort of shakes the, the norms and the expectations. Um, Rosamund Pike, really, really good in this. Um, she, uh, I know she plays his character a lot, just so pristine, but also with that glint of evil in her. She yeah. just delivers it really well. And no, definitely recommend it. I watched it on Amazon. I think international people can watch it on Netflix, but it's an Amazon film over in the UK and was available at the beginning of March. So that's my movie. And I'm going to ask you what you're watching, but hopefully we can just cross over with a bit of Falcon and Winter Soldier chat because two episodes in now, really interested in getting in your viewpoint, Dave. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, yeah, two episodes in now. I am really enjoying Falcon Winter Soldier. I think, as we said a bit last week, it is also very much feels like it should have been the first show that came out, which of course was all the way to the plan. It ties in far more with the issues that are, are related to the snap and people disappearing and then coming back and that they deal a lot more with that in this than they did in uh, Vision. So, I mean, I love Vision, but I think this yeah. this feels far more MCU-based than maybe Vision did. I like the episode this week. You've got a lot more interaction between Falcon and Winter Soldier. You get the, mm. I, I love the fact that they're, they're basically like a sort of bickering married couple. I find that <laughs> really, really funny. The introduction of John Walker as the new Captain America is kind of interesting. I'm intrigued to see where they're, they're going to go with that because that is a comic book character that turns into somebody else later on. So we've probably going to get to see that. I think, you know, these six episodes are clearly going to end with Falcon becoming Captain America. I think that that's got to be where they're going with it. Because one of the things with this series is you kind of think that it's probably got to end at a point that makes sense in the film universe if you haven't seen the TV series, mm. I would say. Yeah, I mean, the one thing me and my uh, friend who I watched at the same time did watch all of WandaVision together, this sort of feels like a series where I'd happily wait until they're all released and then watch them. Mm. I am not rushing on a Friday at the moment. Like WandaVision, no. some days I was so tense, like trying to get through my day of work because I was going to watch it, you know, at the, their house and try and get over there in time to watch it. This is just not dry. And we, you know, we are getting yeah. like, because they're my bubble. So I arrive on a Friday and we sort of talk about some of the TV programs. And sometimes it's so far down the list in terms of the priority of what we want to watch together that I'm thinking there's something about that, that's sending a message to me about why it's not grabbing me mm. as much as WandaVision. I, I feel there's there's not as much promise. I think WandaVision had a lot more mystery yes. and the intrigue and you were drawn in from the very first episode, not knowing what was going 
going on. And I think, and I, this is very action and very, um, you know, you've had some action sequences, you have a lot of tight drama, but for me, they're not carrying it. They're, it's too much like a film, I think is what I'm trying to say. It's not, yeah. it doesn't feel like a TV series it at the moment. It does feel a bit more like a film that's been chopped up into bits, this, which yeah. I'm, I'm okay with. It just doesn't have that sort of cliffhanger ending thing that you had with WandaVision as much. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I entirely agree with you. I mean, I am watching it when I get up in the morning because obviously I've got to spend all day kind of digging out new stories. So I've got to be on social media and stuff and I can't, it's very difficult for me to avoid any, mm, if anything yeah. major happens. So I try to watch it first thing in the morning just in case. But I know exactly what you mean. I'm not like, must get up and watch it. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to watch that, you know? So it's not got that drive behind it. And not, this isn't sort of saying anything bad about no. it. You know, no. I'm still enjoying it and I think it's really good. It's just not got the same kind of hook that I think yeah. WandaVision had. It's it, captivating. I, I like yeah. I like where the locations, the filming, the performances are all really quite good. And, you know, I'm not, I, it's just, as an audience member, they treated us to WandaVision. They spoiled us with WandaVision. Yeah. And if you're saying it was the other way round, can you imagine all of our, how we would have been, you know, got to WandaVision and we would have been a whole different situation. Yeah. Whereas I will happily, and we've said quite openly, maybe we'll wait for a couple of episodes and have an afternoon of watching them together. You know, where where's Emily Van Camp? I want to see her <laughs> to that point where, you know, th- there's not a huge amount of female characters at the moment apart yeah. from our antagonist. And I want a little bit more of that. And I want to see her engaging with the two main characters. And yeah, I- I'm enjoying it, but it- it's not troubling my top 10 of season um, series of 2021 so far, whereas WandaVision is yeah. rocketed up there and is happily going to be taking a top five space at the end of the year. That's the Falcon and Winter Soldier chat and completely spoiler free apart from no one seeing Emily Van Camp, but that's not too much of a spoiler. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think it's been pretty well known that there is a, there is another Captain America in there. So, you know, yeah. I, I, think, I think we're okay with that. Yeah. Um, uh, what else have you been watching, Dave? Um, Invincible on Amazon as well, which is a, uh, we, we, again, we talked a little bit about this last week because Daryl had seen some previews of it. Uh, I actually watched it when it got released on Friday. I've not watched the last of the three episodes that are up online right now, but uh, first two episodes are great. It's very much an adult cartoon. It's not an adult cartoon in the same way of something like Solar Opposites is, but it, it has got a lot of blood and gore in it. It's a world of superheroes, somewhat akin to the boys, except the superheroes generally are the good guys, uh, although some of them might not be. So um, mm. it it's that sort of world. You are following this kid whose father is Omni-Man, who is one of the biggest superheroes on the planet. He's kind of a Superman equivalent and uh, he has yet to come into his powers and when we first meet him, he's not got his powers and they sort of arrive during that opening episode and uh, he becomes this superhero called Invincible and uh, he's sort of then got to start training and following in his father's footsteps. It turns out that his father might not be everything that he seems to be either. So uh, there are sort of very interesting things going on in that show. The opening two episodes are really, really 
really solid. It's 45 minutes long, so it is a long-form cartoon. The animation is pretty good. It is traditional 2D animation. It's not like 3D or anything like that, which is nice. You know, it stylistically reminds you of some of the DC and Marvel cartoons, those sort of 2D cartoons. So it's very much in that sort of vein in terms of look. But like I say, it is quite violent. There is a a lot of people getting shot and mowed down and blood everywhere and uh, that sort of thing. So it's not suitable for a younger audience. I mean, 12A maybe with some parental guidance, possibly a 15, I would say. But it's certainly one of those that is well, well worth watching. It's from Robert Kirkman, who is the guy that wrote The Walking Dead. And this is one of his other comic book properties, which rather than do it live action, they, they turned it into an animated series. It's got a lot of The Walking Dead cast voicing people in it. Yeah, I remember us talking about that back a couple of months back. You said naming yeah, all these people and they were just like, oh, them and them. Yeah, and I, mean, them. I mean, the the cast is ridiculous. It's half the cast of The Walking Dead, plus people like John Hamm and Mark Hamill. And there's a whole bunch of other people in there. It's, it's an insane voice cast that they've got for this. And some of them are only popping in for kind of a few episodes or, or parts. So they've not necessarily got huge parts. Stephen Yen voices the main character, who of course played Glenn on The Walking Dead. J.K. Simmons plays voices his dad, Omni-Man. So um, that first three episodes are up on Amazon Prime now, and it is well, well worth going to watch if you like your sort of superhero things. It's a good, solid drama, played much more seriously. It's not like a comedy thing. It's got some fun moments in it, but it is really good. The other thing I finished was the two seasons of Condor, which I've been watching sort of an episode every few days, and I finally caught up to the end of that. Really good, very much reminiscent of the sort of Homeland 24 kind of vibe conspiracy spy drama sort of thing it only ran for two seasons because i think we mentioned before the channel that it was on which was the audience network disappeared in america they the channel itself got shut down there has been talk of possibly moving it and rebooting it onto a different uh, network i know somebody else had picked it up in the u.s so whether that leads to a third third season we'll have to wait and see there are two seasons that are fairly self-contained so you don't feel like there's lots of things left dangling at the end of them i mean there are bits and pieces they could potentially pick up but it doesn't end on any big cliffhanger so they feel like two decent solid well-contained seasons so don't worry about that going into watching it if they don't make any more you've just watched 20 episodes of a decent drama the first season sort of follows this guy who is this uh, analyst and somebody breaks into his office and basically mows down everybody but him and because he's the sole survivor he gets blamed as uh, being part of this conspiracy so uh, he goes on the run so that's sort of the first season and then the second season continues this story but that's to do with uh, Russian spies and he sort of ends up helping somebody from Russia that has been blamed for something and uh, he ends up having to help him out so two very very solid decent spy thrillers if you like things like Homeland if you like things like 24 it's buried on the sky box sets and on now to ye or sorry now as it's now called they've dropped the tv <laughs> bit the for TV. reasons I that. <laughs> uh, so uh very it's on sky it's on now uh it'll be in the box sets it's called co- 
Condor. It's well worth going to watch. And uh, yeah, 10 episodes each season. So uh, go and look that up if you're into those sort of dramas. Solar Opposites as well. Are you up to date on that? Have you or Yeah, you... I watched. Because you got your wish. Second season. Well, not only a second season, but you got oh, your you got your wish this week. The episode. The episode totally in the terrarium. Yeah, the episode. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen Solar Opposites, it's it's kind of follows this family who are basically a bunch of aliens. There's this family of aliens that have landed on Earth and are living in these suburbs and treated like a, just a noble family that are living in the suburbs. But there is a subplot in there where the son of the family, if people annoy him, he shrinks them down and puts them inside this terrarium, which he keeps in his house. And there is an entire separate plot line of the life <laughs> of these people in this terrarium. And uh, the episode this week, they set entirely in the terrarium, which I know was something you desperately be looking yeah, forward to. And because when I watched the previous episode, which I was like, I got to about, you know, 18 minutes in, I was like, we haven't seen a terrarium today. Oh, have they dropped that side of the plot? And then, and then I was like, <laughs> so they gave us a whole episode outside of terrarium. And then this episode was a whole episode inside the terrarium. Yeah. So oh, it was a great twist at the end. Why am I loving this cartoon so much? It sh- I should, you know, it's from the makers of Rick and Morty, but that twist at the end of that episode, yeah. I was just like, oh, I got really emotional. I was like, oh no. Yeah. It was, it was brilliant. <laughs> that episode really really good i do love that in itself of i mean you could spin off an entirely separate show just based around that yeah, it, it is just definitely. brilliant but yeah from the makers of rick and morty it is very rick and morty in the in the whole feel and setup of it and the way it's written it feels very rick and morty so if you like rick and morty you will adore solar opposites it's wonderful but uh, that's on star on disney plus but uh, i would advise you to go and watch that and there is a second season coming the second season and it looks like it's running straight into the second season as well, which is great because the second season starts on the 9th of April. And uh, I'm I'm so happy about that. I, I do adore that show. It's just really, really good fun. And the other thing, of course, that dropped this week was the Suicide Squad trailer. Which, if you haven't gone and watched this because you were like, oh, the Suicide Squad movie was awful, go and watch the trailer for the new one. It's from James Gunn. It's brilliant. It's just fun and stupid and over the top and everything you wanted the first movie. I saw somebody describe it on Twitter, I think it was, of saying it's like the first film was some sort of weird fever dream that you can now forget about and now we've got what should have been the first movie. There are a ton of different characters in there most of which i mean the i think one of the posters actually says don't get too attached or something like those lines the trailer's a red band trailer which means that it's not safe for work version of the trailer <laughs> there is swearing and a lot of blood uh there are our characters in that trailer as well who i never in a million years thought that they'd use in live action the monster that you see little bits of at the end is a character called starro and i never ever ever in a million years thought they'd use that on screen but if anybody's going to do it it was either going to be James Gunn or Takita Wahiti because those are the two people that could handle a character like that but uh, the cast is incredible I mean you've got people back like Jer- nameless Jer- yeah uh, Viola Davis back as Amanda Waller Joel Kinnaman back as Rick Flagg you've got um, Margot Robbie back as Harley you've got Joe Courtney back as Captain Boomerang and then there's Idris Elba as Bloodsport uh, John Cena as Peacemaker who is of course also getting his own TV show David Dashmelkian as Polka Dot Man 
one who looks ridiculously creepy. Daniela Melikor as uh, Ratcatcher 2. Steve Adji as King Shark. So we've got a version of King Shark in there. I mean, there's a really gruesome bit in there with King Shark. Nathan Fillion as a character called TDK. You've got Sean Gunn playing Weasel. Michael Rooker's in there. Yeah, Pete Davison, Peter Capaldi. Loads of other people in there as well. It it's just looks brilliant, though. It's fun and funny. And uh, yeah, if you've not watched that trailer, go and watch it. I thought this was superb. No, so, I mean, I just watched it before I, I came to record this with you. And I think it's such a James Gunn yeah. trailer. It takes away that gruesome darkness of the previous one and just has that sort of tiny bit of humour reading through the trailer, which shows that you can go to this film and have fun. I don't think you could have that in the last one as much as you had Harley Quinn's character trying to bring the humour I just didn't feel like it was delivered in the, the right way whereas yeah. this one it just feels that we're going to be having fun with them and we can get to know them a little bit more I mean there are crazy amounts of them I don't know how he's going to get do that but he did well, it for the Guardians of the Galaxy but yeah. I just think you know it looks like something I now do want to watch one of the very first DC films I want to watch uh, I've got Justice League scheduled in for this weekend to watch it with my friend even I'm a few weeks behind sorry everybody right. but you know it's this I'm starting to appreciate that the corner DC may be turning never going to hit Marvel's heights but I appreciate what they're doing yeah this is an interesting new direction for the DC stuff and he was the perfect guy to take on this I think I, I think mm. it had to be James Gunn or Takita Wahiti to do this sort of film and uh, I but I think James Gunn has done a wonderful job with this as far as we can tell from the trailer I mean we, we won't know until it comes out which is Thursday the 29th of July in the UK it lands then in the US it's 6th of August and it's also going to be on HBO Max on the 6th of August as well for people that have access to that in the US but uh, pandemic permitting it'll be the 29th of July in the UK for that in cinemas I did I read somewhere as well Cineworld have this deal that they'll have Warner films for 45 days and then they'll go on to streaming services so it yes. might be one of those deals as well uh, yeah i think this will fall under that deal i would think yeah so that's definitely one to go and look for you can uh, find the trailer on youtube and it's up on the website as well if you want to go and find that that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. TV and film news this week. We start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups and uh, no cancellations this week. In hey. Interestingly, for the first time in a while. So uh, we'll move straight on to renewals. couple of interesting renewals. Miss Scarlet and the Duke has been renewed for season two. That's uh, a PBS show in the US and Alibi air that over here. So that's uh, one to look out for for a second season of that. The big one though, uh, FBI and FBI Most Wanted both renewed, which I don't think comes as a huge shock, but they've also picked up FBI International, which is pretty much 
does what it says on the tin. It's FBI International. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no cast, I don't think, for that yet, as far as I can tell. It is going to be airing and will have a crossover with the other two when it comes in. I don't think they've backdoor piloted it. I think they've just decided to pick that up as a new show. So uh, there will now be a third FBI joining it. Uh, hopefully, I'm sure Sky will end up with the rights to it over here. So uh, it will end up on Sky, I suspect, on Sky Witness. But uh, yeah, so FBI, FBI Most Wanted and FBI International are uh, all coming. Have you watched any of those? I didn't watch any yeah, of those. Yeah, watch them all. Watch them all. Right. <laughs> we, over the, the first lockdown and second lockdown, I think we I binged all of one just because we wanted simple procedural. Yeah. And, um, and I had my niece here in my bubble at the time. And yes, I remember. And we used to watch it and sort of guess who we thought the murderer was going to be while we were cooking <laughs> dinner. And we just sort of got through them all. And we were like, we also commented how the lead character played by Missy Peregrine fell pregnant and the cinematography to disguise her pregnancy throughout the second season. And suddenly <laughs> she had to go on a uh, deep underground. And I'm like, we were just, we were just enjoying it for just that good old fashioned Dick Wolf drama. Um, no, I'm really glad they're both coming back. Uh, I'll, I'll probably watch FBI International. I'm a mug for these types of things. Yeah, I, I kind of limit the amount of procedurals I watched. And uh, I think I've seen a couple of episodes of FBI, but it's not one that I've stuck with. But um, there's so many of them out there at the moment. But uh, you could practically rename Sky Witness Sky Wolf at this point. Because, I mean, <laughs> you know, FBI, FBI Most Wanted, all the Chicago's, uh, probably FBI International as well, I suspect, are there. I mean, there's so many of them. It's crazy. Yeah. In terms of pickups, we've got some early air dates for uh, Hudson and Rex, which is coming back for a third season. That's on the Sunday, the 11th of April on Alibi. It starts with a double bill. And Harrow is back for its third season. That's on the 14th of April on Alibi. That's at 9pm in the UK. Winona Earp, fourth and final season, although although somebody kept on pointing out not the final season if the uh, Winona Earp fans have anything to do with it. The uh, fourth and currently final season, that is coming on the 13th of April to Sci-Fi UK, uh, which is a different channel to where it aired previously. I think it was on what Paramount became, was where it was before. So uh, Sci-Fi air it in the US anyway, but they're, they're airing the full season over here. The Nevers has now got a UK air date. It's going to start on the 17th of May 2021 on Sky Atlantic. And that's going to be with all episodes of part one. So that's the first six episodes. I think it's a 12 episode series. They've done it in six and six. So they're going to drop it as a box set on the 17th of May. Starts on the April 11th in the US on HBO. So they're going to wait for it all to air in the US and then going to drop it over here, which is an odd way of doing it. But that's how they've decided they're going to do it. Looks quite fun, though. They released a trailer for that. I, I know it's a Joss Whedon series, technically, uh, but although he's not involved with it now other than still getting an exec producer credit. Uh, I know people will have issues with that. But as I've said before with the Joss Whedon stuff, don't stop watching those shows and penalise the actors and the other creators that are involved in them just because his name was attached to it. Because exactly, yeah. particularly the older shows like uh, Buffy and Firefly, if they get pulled off air and people stop watching them, then the actors that are involved in those shows that lots of them had issues with Joss Whedon then lose all their residuals as well. So you're kind of penalising the wrong people for doing that. So The Nevers is coming. It looks like it could be quite good, that. So uh, that's one to watch out for. But seven of May for that. 
In DC News, there was a little story that uh, Piers Brosnan will be joining the Black Adam movie as Dr. Fate. So they've now cast the whole of the Justice Society for that film. Black Adam is being something of a uh, passion project for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who basically willed that film into existence pretty much. It looks like it could be immense amounts of fun because the people that are involved in it seem to really, really like the characters. Black Adam was a villain of Shazam, although we don't know whether Shazam is going to show up at any point in this. But um, you've got the rest of the Justice Society, which are, are going to be in here. So Aldous Hodge, who was on City in a Hill and Term Washington Spies, he's playing Hawkman. Noah Centino, who was in the Fosters and to all the boys films, he's playing Atom Smasher. Quintessa Swindle, who's in Trinkets, is playing Cyclone. And now Brosnan will join them as Dr. Fate, who is a, a, a character. He's sort of a magical character who was part of the um, Justice Society. It's an interesting bit of casting, I thought, for that. Uh, yeah. Dave, remind me, I'm getting myself confused. Isn't there a character called Adam in the Marvels as well that was teased in Guardians of the Galaxy? Am I imagining? Oh, yeah. No, there is. Um, there is, is it a, called Adam? Yeah, there is. I, I, I can't remember whether he's Adam something or... But yes, there was There was a, what, a character that sort of didn't go anywhere that was teased in one of the Marvel post credit scenes. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yes, different character to Black Adam. But, uh, Just checking, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's two Adam. They do this a lot, don't they? They have characters either are very similar in powers, but have the same, like, have different names. Yeah. They have characters with the same names, but completely different powers. And I was just, when you were saying it, I was thinking, no, that's the DC one. Uh, just trying to get my head around which one's which. Yeah, no, uh, Black Adam is uh, essentially the opposite of Shazam. Has very, very much the same sort of powers as Shazam, but um, he's an interesting character. He doesn't necessarily use them for evil, but he runs a company called Kandak, and he is essentially the dictator of that country. So he's very authoritarian, but that country survives because of the fact that he's the person in charge of it. So he's a really interesting character, that one. But I am very much looking forward to that film. I think it looks quite interesting. A couple of bits of news that pop up over the weekend as well. There is an Ali McBeal revival series on oh. the table, apparently. Um, oh, please stop, America. Please stop. <laughs> uh, with the original <laughs> cast, it's not like a... It's not a reboot. It's very much like the sort of Frasier thing that they're doing. It is going mm. to be... If they do it, it's in very early stage at the moment. They are talking about it. But, I mean, Ali McBeal would be an interesting one to try and bring back, particularly right now, given that you're sort of post-Me Too and all that, and there was a lot of sexual tension politics, particularly around the office thing. A lot of it was to do with the relationships and inappropriate relationships sometimes between the various people at that law firm. So that would be an interesting one to bring back now. Uh, it's another David E. Kelly drama, although he had previously said if they did revive it, he would stay on as exec producer, but he would want a woman to run the show rather than uh, him doing it himself because he thinks it would be better with a female voice in control of it, which I think makes perfect sense. So um, a lot of hardcore fans would like to almost wreck on the final season. It, it really changed a huge direction yeah. hugely and lost a lot of the key cast. Not lost it, but they'd all sort of moved on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people sort of say the season five wasn't true Ali McBeal and they went with the storyline. Some people weren't hugely happy with, but 
oh, well, let's see. Let's see what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you actually look through the names because apart from Clarissa Flockhart, who, of course, was the lead in it, there's Peter McNichol in there. Uh, Jane Krasowski was in there. Portadella Rossi yeah. was in there. Lucy Liu. James Marsden was in there. Hayden Pantier was in there. Yeah, uh, and of course, amazing Robert Dan- people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., of course. Uh, it was in his troubled period, I believe that was. Yeah. Uh, it was just as he was starting to kind of, he was still slipping a bit, but I think he was he was starting to sort of come out of it. It was one of the first big gigs he got after he was starting to come out of his trouble period. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be an interesting one to see, I think, to see whether that would work as a revive thing. The other big news, which was literally just announced today, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi has officially announced its cast. We don't know who most of these people are playing, but obviously Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hayden Christensen, they have confirmed, will be playing Darth Vader in it, uh, although presumably not doing the voice. I'm assuming James Earl Jones will be doing the voice for it, I suspect, or somebody that sounds a lot more like James Earl Jones will be doing the voice for it. But he will be the person in the suit, apparently, for that. I hope he's put on a bit of weight, because he never looked quite big enough when we saw kind of him first wearing the suit at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. He didn't look big enough, so hopefully he's been working out a bit. We've also, interestingly, got Joel Edgerton and uh, Bonnie Plessy in there as well, who played Unclow in an Aunt Beru in the prequels. So presumably they're doing those roles again. And uh, I'm glad Bonnie's in there because Jamie, she's had a hell of a time. Go and watch The Vow if you haven't seen The Vow because <laughs> she was one of the key people that was involved in that. So she hasn't really done that much straight acting work more recently, but uh, I'm glad she's coming back to this. And I think this would be a great stepping stone for him to get back into her acting career and do more stuff. It's good that they're bringing those two actors back. But other people, Moses Ingram, who was in The Queen's Gambit, uh, she's going to be in uh, Kamal Najani from The Big Sick, which is a great, great film, and uh, Silicon Valley. Inara Vama, who you will know from Four Life, Carnival Row, and a billion other things that she's popped up in. <laughs> Luther, uh, Luther's original wife. Yeah, Game of Thrones, I think she <laughs> was in. Wasn't she in? Didn't she pop, pop up in Torchwood, I think, at some point as well? Uh, oh, just, she's just, done so much British um, and American TV yeah. now. She's such a recognized name, in my opinion. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, speaking of how as we were earlier, Rupert Friend will be in there as well. So uh, he's great. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. from Straight Out Compton, Sung Kang from Power, Simone Kessel from The Crossing and Pine Gap, and Benny Safdie from Good Time and Pieces of a Woman is also in there. I don't know who any of those people are playing, but um, <laughs> so I'm sure there's a lot of speculation online as to who those people will be uh, taking roles off. But uh, yeah, I'm I really like this cast. I mean, you know. One thing that they have been brilliant at with these shows is the casting. I mean, The Mandalorian was superb. Uh, it's also announced that Deborah Chow, who did two of the most critically acclaimed episodes of The Mandalorian season one, is going to be directing, which is awesome. So, uh, yeah, looks great. I'm so looking forward to this. I obviously have not watched it. Um, I've not been a Star Wars fan. Um, <laughs> obviously, some really good cast in there. I was saying Dear Obama, Kamal Nanjiani in particular. Um, I imagine it's going to be a really good show. My friend berates me for still not watching The Mandalorian and was asking me to give it a chance recently. Yes. And I was like, Absolutely. I just so much. I'm watching too many procedurals. <laughs> 
Stop watching procedurals. Go and watch some more genre stuff. Yeah, I mean, The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is a brilliant, brilliant, just piece of drama, regardless of the fact that it's set in the Star Wars universe. It's just wonderful. Really well worth watching. Yes, it helps if you know the rest of the Star Wars universe, but I think you could watch it without that perfectly fine. In terms of uh, other big franchise things, The Witcher has also announced some more cast for The Witcher Blood Origin, which is this um, limited prequel thing that they're doing set in an elven world 1200 years before the world of the witcher tells the story lost to time the creation of the first prototype witcher and the events that led to the pivotal conjunction of the spheres when the world of monsters men and elves merged to become one so they've announced one of the leading cast is going to be Lawrence O'Farrain who I'm guessing is Irish with a name like that he's going to play Fajal who was born into a clan of warriors sworn to protect the king but carries a deep scar within the death of a loved one who fell in battle tried to save him a scar that won't let him settle or make peace with himself or the world around him in a quest for redemption Fajal finds himself fighting beside the most unlikely of allies as he carves a pass of vengeance across the continent in turmoil he's been in a few things he's popped up in things like Vikings and Game of Thrones and Into the Badlands uh, Rebellion which was an RTE show Red Rock a couple of other stuff as well so he's not an actor I particularly know but uh, that sounds interesting he's uh, joining Jodie Turner-Smith who was in Night Flyers and The Last Ship who is playing Ellie I think her name is the elite warrior blessed with the voice of a goddess who has left her clan and positioned as Queen's Guardian to follow her heart as a nomadic musician a grand reckoning on the continent forces her to return to the ways of her blade and a quest for vengeance and redemption this sounds like an interesting little series if you enjoyed The Witcher this I think is going to be a one-off by the sounds of it it's not going to be a continuing thing it's just a sort of one-off six or eight episodes or something that's going to be telling this sort of earlier bit of the story it's the people that are running the witcher that are doing it alongside the original author as well so he's consultant on the series so it, it is all going to be kind of canon and tied together it's not just the shameless cashing or anything like that mm. so uh i did you watch the witcher i can't remember i didn't i know it's got a huge cult following i, w- I was never aware of it before it got released mm. um but I, i've heard matt talk about it as well and just we put a lot of praise on it so it probably do very well if, if it's a, it's gonna bring in more audience viewers and i can see why they're they're looking at this as a prequel yeah so that looks good that's going to be a separate thing to the second season of the witcher which is also coming as well which is great over on american tv on nbc la brea which is this wonderfully stupid sounding show which i really am looking forward to because it's got that sort of silly vibe to it that uh, I, I know it's not supposed to it's probably going to be a proper serious sci-fi but it's such a ridiculous premise it's from david applebaum who was one of the people that worked on ncas new orleans la brea sees a massive sinkhole mysteriously open up in los angeles tearing a family in half separating the mother and son from father and daughter when part of the family finds themselves in an inexplicable primeval world alongside a disparate group of strangers they must work to survive and uncover a mystery of where they are and if there is a way back so that's the setup for it which sounds wonderfully bonkers they've cast a couple of new people in it nick gonzalez who you will probably know from the good doctor most recently uh he also popped up in pretty little liars how to get away with murder and a bunch of other things he is going to play levi brooks who is best friend gavin to the aforementioned father he's recruited to leave a mission to save the people who fell into the sinkhole (laughs) they've also cast rowan mishandani who is going to play scott 
tour guide from the La Brea Tar Pit Museum, which is a real place in Los Angeles. I've been there. It's really interesting. He uses humour to make light out of serious situations. He was in Mystery Road. He's, I think he's an Australian actor and uh, he was in Mystery Road. That's probably where you'll know him from. So previous cast, they've got Eon Mackin, who was in Merlin and the Night Shift. He's playing the father. Natalie Z, who's in Justified and the Following, plays Eve, who's the mother. Jack Martin, who appeared in All Rise, is playing the son, Josh. And Zyra Gorshik, he's playing the daughter. They've also cast Lily Santiago, who's playing Veronica, and John Sader from the Chicago franchise, who's playing a character called Dr. Sam Weiss. Thoughts on this? I think that's uh, really I mean, fun. it sounds like a bonkers idea, but I'll, I'll probably watch it. It's an NBC production, so it'd probably be something that I will be tuning into. I do like Natalie Z as well. I've always liked her and, and what she's been in before. Pretty a good fan of Nicholas Gonzalez when he was in The Good Doctor, a really good character in that. Yeah, I think it sounds like a wonderfully fun, stupid idea. And uh, yeah. it kind of reminds me very reminiscent of something like Zoo. Just sort of silly, bonkers, kind of take a bunch of things and mash them together and see whether it works. So the, mm. I just I, I just think this sounds like wonderfully silly sci-fi primeval stuff and it just sounds great. So that's coming to NBC. Don't know about the UK yet, although if it is on NBC, the chances are it'll end up on Sky 1 in the UK, but we don't know specifically. Over on the BBC, they've announced the cast for Inside Man, which is a new Stephen Moffat drama. And uh, this is pretty impressive, this cast. So uh, Stephen really Moffat, good, of course, yeah. the person behind Dracula and Sherlock and Doctor Who. The cast is going to include David Tennant, Dolly Wells, who you all know from, uh, she was in The Pursuit of Love and Dracula, Lydia West, who was in It's a Sin, Years and Years and Dracula. So she kind of tangentially has a connection to the whole Stephen Moffat, Doctor Who thing through Russell T. Davis. And Stanley Tucci as as well is uh, joining that cast. It's a four-part miniseries. It follows a prisoner on death row in the US, a vicar in a quiet English town, and a math teacher trapped in a cellar as they cross paths in the most unexpected ways. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's written by Moffat. Paul McGuigan, who worked on Sherlock and Dracula and Luke Cage, so works with Moffat on a quite regular basis. He's a fabulous director. He's going to direct it. It's only four episodes. It's a sort of uh, miniseries thing for the BBC and Netflix internationally. I don't know any more about the story other than that little strap line, but I, this sounds like it's going to be kind of interesting because that almost sounds kind of comedic or dark comedy drama sort of thing. I'm seeing dark and if it's a moffat and it's got that whole element of uh, Sherlock and Dracula to it, I wonder if this would be our New Year's Day 2022 drama, you know? Yeah. I think it could set us up for being that dark start to 2022 like he normally likes to give us a, a good drama to open up our year and if they're about to start filming or it'd be a Christmas one it'd be something released at Christmas yeah quite possibly uh, that would be my guess as well if they're going to start filming it fairly soon we'll have to see we don't know exactly when it's going to land but it will be BBC One iPlayer in the UK uh, Netflix outside of the UK one to watch out for but that is called Inside Man that is and uh, mm. that we want to watch out for on the BBC lastly more reimagined TV shows. Disney has ordered a reimagined TV show of National Treasure, the Nick Cage famous movies. They are going to be doing a TV version of that, but with a sort of different cast. It's from the same writers, Cormac and Marie Wibbly. Uh, apparently. <laughs> so, so I know, I know. But that, that seems to be their names, who wrote the 
uh, movie screenplays. It's the same people behind it, but uh, they are talking about this being a reimagining of it. So it will explore the timely issues of identity, community, historical authorship and patriotism told from the point of view of Jess Morales, a 20-year-old dreamer who, with her diverse group of friends, sets off an adventure of a lifetime to uncover her mysterious family history and recover lost treasure. So that's going to be the setup for it. So it sounds like it is going to be a similar idea of of a group that goes off and tries to sort of find stuff about their history by digging up lost treasure and stuff. But no Nick Cage in this. However, they have said that there is also a possible third movie in the works as well, because there were two movies in the National Treasure franchise, both completely bonkers and utterly ridiculous (laughs) and very Nick Cage. I like these. They're stupidly fun. I mean, they grossed like first movie was 347 million and the second movie was 467 million. So, you know, they've made enough money for them to make a third one. And the third movie would have Nick Cage in it. So I do wonder whether, although they're talking about this being a reimagining, whether there will be, whether they will set it in a, in the same universe so they can coexist and maybe they can cross the characters at some point. But uh, at the moment, they are calling it a reimagining. So it it sounds like the TV thing will be a separate thing Mm. to the movie universe. They don't want to have too many uh, universes, do they, Disney? They'll get themselves confused. (laughs) Yes, yes, particularly with this. Particularly with something like this, I think you could have set it in the same world quite easily rather than completely reimagining it, you know, Mm. and have a bunch of kids that are going off and maybe were inspired by Nick Cage's... Yeah, like they've done with Love, Simon, like the Love, Victor spin. It appears in the same world and he has interactions with Simon from the movie okay. through um, Instagram. So I see. there's that sort of tangential link, but also the actor who played um, Simon in the film is the exec producer as well. So you've got that involvement, uh, ah. I suppose. That's a clever way of doing it. It's nice. It's a subtle link and it's not forced. So if they do it well, they could have this sort of gentle universes rather than a big trying to take over the Marvel one. I quite like it if they did set it in the same world rather than doing it kind of completely separately but I mean we'll we'll have to wait and see how it actually plays out it's greenlit the series so that is something that is definitely coming this National Treasure TV series it'll be on Disney Plus don't know when it'll be on Disney Plus but yeah I mean they're they're sort of reimagined properties I mean you know High School Musical the musical the series season 2 is now out as if that title could get any longer The Mighty Ducks Game Changes is also now out which I haven't watched yet but uh, that is that is out they've got a Doogie Hauser reboot which is called Doogie Kamakola which is set in uh, Hawaii and is basically the same premise as Doogie Hauser as a, a teen doctor the Turner and Hooch series starring Josh Peck that's coming they've got a, a series which is a continuation of Willow coming along with of course all the Marvel shows and all the Star Wars shows so there's a load of interesting stuff coming up on Disney Plus plus all the star stuff I know we keep on going on about this we're not getting paid by Disney or Star but it is well well worth picking up that service Mm. i think it's become uh, it's certainly becoming a a must-have service that i think definitely so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv 
highlights for next week we've got station 19 season 4 that's coming back on the 31st of March at 10pm if you're wondering where Grey's is because that opening is a crossover episode for some reason rather than start them both this week they've decided to do station 19 this week and then put Grey's on next week so they are in the right order it's just rather than going both out on the same night like they did in the US they're putting station 19 out first and then Grey's will start next week and, mm. and then they'll be both running together on the same night. So I don't know why they went down that route, but they did. So that's what they're doing. As long as it makes sense for the audience, that's yeah, why. Yeah, uh... it, it's all lined up properly. That It's all fine. It's all in the right order. Just for some reason, they decided to start a week early with Station 19. So anyway, but uh, that's coming to Sky Witness on the 31st of March at 10pm. Godfather of Harlem, season two of that is starting on the 1st of April on Stars Play. That is actually getting premiered over here before it starts in America for some reason I don't entirely know why but it is uh, so it's one of those rare occasions where we're actually getting it first I've been told the first season of that is very good I haven't actually watched it yet but uh, that's Godfather of Harlan stars Forrest Whitaker as Bumpy Johnson who was an infamous crime boss and it's a true story crime thing about him uh, 1st of April on Stars Play for that NCIS Los Angeles is back for the second half of its 12th season that's on the 4th of April at 10pm so if you've been following that that returns Midsummer Murders has finally made it to season 22 which I think is following on straight from season 21 because they're kind of putting them out in little clusters these episodes but the seasons make no sense they're kind of just dropping out one episode and then another episode and they've it's odd how they set it up but technically we're in season 22 of Midsummer Murders so uh, that's 4th of April at uh, 8pm on ITV for that Air Crash Investigation if you like that show that's back for season 20 on National Geographic on the 5th of April at 9pm and Wellington Paranormal which is from Takita Wahiti and Jermaine St. Clement it's kind of a spin-off from what we do in the shadows it's um, from the same guys there is a little bit of a crossover with what we do in the shadows apparently as well but uh, it's about police force that, that sort of comedy mockumentary series about a police force that investigate these sorts of paranormal things and it's set oh. in the same universe as the what we do in the shadows thing mm. uh, so that's coming to Sky Combat on the 5th of April from 9pm they're actually dropping seasons 1 to 3 on Sky On Demand and now so you'll be able to go and watch it on there but that will be seasons 1 to 3 all dropping at the same time that's from the 5th of April on Sky Comedy that is going to be airing weekly on there so if you're into what we do in the shadows that will be worth watching most definitely that's everything we have for this week if people want to reach out and talk to you where can they find you come over to Twitter follow me at Grey the Geek uh, when I'm not complaining about consumer issues I'm occasionally putting my opinions out about TV and film that I'm watching yes so uh, go and talk to Grey over on Twitter for other people you can go and find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites that's B-Y-T-E-S she's streaming daily and uh, usually injuring herself or making an editor of herself and falling (laughs) over and uh, generally making a mess so uh, she will be on her uh, Twitch stream on Trista Bites over on Twitch so go and find her there Matt of course you can go and find on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts we are doing The Walking Dead for the next couple of weeks on there as well that's been really good actually they're interesting little episodes they've been putting out on The Walking Dead for the extra episodes this season so we're doing that that comes out on Wednesdays but lots of other stuff over there on Entertainment Talk for more podcasts and Daryl you can find on Hollywood 
goldnorthnews.net. You can go and find him over on there for all the TV shows you'll love that are, are Canadian or shot in Canada. So that's uh, all the Arrowverse things as well as a bunch of Canadian TV as well. So uh, go and check him out over on hollywoodnorthnews.net. For us, you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details